Welcome to Medicana Talk with Dr. Joe Rosado. This program seeks to educate you on topics having to do with medical cannabis. You'll have a better understanding of the industry, insight, and guidance on how cannabis is a safe and important innovation in medicine today. Now, here is your host, Dr. Joe Rosado. Hello, world. Dr. Joe Rosado coming to you live from Ormond Beach, Florida. In, the, in my personal office at Coastal Wellness Centers, and I'm joined today, as usual, with my sidekick, Mr. Ed Pisani. Ed, say hello to the people. Hello, everyone. I look forward to having a great uh, episode today. Dr. Rosado, we're going to be talking about some really interesting stuff. Are you excited? Whew. I live excited. Anyway, I just got back from Tokyo, so I, I just got over the jet lag this past weekend, which was pretty amazing. Uh, the trip out in Tokyo, Japan was phenomenal. Had uh, the opportunity of doing two presentations, one on autism and medical cannabis. It, is it uh, an, an alternative? Is it an option? And then uh, the following day, I did a presentation on how I have used cannabis to wean patients off of their pain medication, their anxiety medication, their depression medication. So it was well received. Uh, I had a little bit of pushback from some colleagues in Australia, but overall it was an amazing trip. Got a lot of tourist stuff done, and uh, nice. it was it was it was a dream vacation and work vacation because you know I've always wanted to go to Tokyo, so it was fantastic. Now, today's show is going to be extremely controversial for those of us in the United States. So, um, Oh, yes. Snowflakes will be a melting. <laughs> so we're going to start with – we're going to start – I'm going to start with a definition here. So okay. the definition of the Second Amendment of the United States Constitution reads as follows. A well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of the free state – the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. So you guessed it. We're going to be talking about firearms, concealed weapons um, in the state of Florida, concealed weapons and firearms license, and a medical cannabis card. So, Ed, I know you researched it pretty intensely. Talk to me. What have you found? I have found so much. And you know why I found so much is because I'm a member of the gun community, believe it or not. I am one of those people that is a CCW license holder here in the state of Florida. And there's a lot of conversations that go back and forth. Is it actually legal to carry uh, medical cannabis, CBD oil, or maybe even hemp and your firearm? And could you get arrested for it? There's a lot of people that are in the camp of... uh, in the state of Florida and in even other states that that is the case. And the reason why that is, um, there is this uh, group called the ATF, which is short for uh, the... uh, Alcohol, uh, tobacco. Yeah, alcohol, tobacco, and firearms. What they do is they, on a federal level, sort of enforce the laws that the United States of America has set forth for all the states combined. And uh, they arrest people that break said laws. So if you um, sell alcohol to minors or tobacco to minors, you get you get in trouble for that because that's illegal. If you're a firearm, um, someone that's carrying a firearm, uh, that's an automatic weapon, 
that's illegal. You have to have a special license for that. So they kind of enforce the rules for uh, federal farm, uh, federal firearm licensees. And uh, then we have the states, and the states, they have their own thing because, you know, we're just a group of, uh, of different areas uh, that are controlled by governors. And in, for those people that are not from the United States, this is probably a little bit of a over-information, but the governors have um, other people that are elected officials that are appointed in there, and they set their own uh, regulations of what you can do, what you can't do. So, like, since I'm a CCW license holder in the state of Florida, I have a beautiful gun pretty much on me or near me at all times. I, I'm a what the uh, people on the YouTube streams like to call a Glock fanboy because I own a lot of Glocks. Um, I, I think I have three or four Glocks. I didn't know um, just, that about you, Ed. Does your wife uh, shoot as well? No, my, my wife, uh, me and my wife are complete polar opposites. So she's in the camp of gun control. And she's like, how do you feel about control? gun control? I'm like, I'm for it. Two hands. Keep your finger off the trigger. Gun control. <laughs> not, not well received. Uh, <laughs> but I was honest. I am a big fan of gun control. Like, you should always... Um, have control of your firearm if you are a firearm owner at all times, either keeping it locked up safely, keeping it on your person, keeping it in a secure bag or a gun case um, or in a, a gun safe, uh, which, whichever applies, because that, that to me is, is responsible gun ownership. So um, I, I just want to sort of put that out there as a kind of an entree into this conversation about medical marijuana. Now, what I've found is just a tremendous amount of information. I can go through each one, uh, but I want to sort of start with uh, the the most uh, relevant. Uh, under uh, 2017, the meaning of a, a recent uh, thing that came up under Form 440, uh, 4473, which everyone, including myself, has to fill out to actually buy a gun. Um, right. That, that, yeah, that's that's the big one. That form forty four seventy three. Um, tell us what it says in one of the questions. <laughs> uh, it 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 really just gets down to the medium question eleven e. That's the big one because eleven um, e it says, "Are you an unlawful user of addicted to marijuana?" And they term the word marijuana or an antidepressant stimulant narcotic drug or any other controlled substance warning if you're in the possession of marijuana uh, remains unlawful under federal law regardless of whether it is legalized or decriminalized for uh, medicinal or recreational purposes in the state which you reside so basically um, there's there's a lot of really cool things that are happening now um, and I, I say this because um, there, there's this um, this one individual by the uh, let me see where I can find the article. Uh, the the essence is uh, um, okay. Here we go. Um, her name is right here in the state of Florida. Um, I believe it's the state of Florida. What is her name? Uh, her name is Martha Bono. She is a pot smoker. Um, and she would go to the local uh, vaping dispensary back in 2017. She's in Miami-Dade County. She's part of the Libertarian Party. She's a 40-year-old woman that's an anger canologist. I can't pronounce big medical words. I'm sorry, Dr. Rosado. I try my best. No uh, 
<laughs> but like the long story short is um, because of this law, what she has to do, and I'll quote, this comes from um, Miami in newtimes.com. Bono has begun buying her medical marijuana on the black market after allowing her medical cannabis card to expire. Because if she renews it, she's not actually allowed to buy um, a firearm. So, so she lets it expire. She gets her CCW permit. And then she she purchased a Glock 19, which is actually a fantastic gun. I, I can't say how nice of a gun that really is. Um, for someone that wants to have a good self-defense gun or just something to take the range to shoot, I definitely recommend a Glock 19. But I am a Glock fanboy. Um, after she wanted to, it says right in here, after she wanted to purchase the gun, she might be allow her car to expire again. Uh and not admit using the black market. So she's basically breaking the law to have medical cannabis uh, for her needs and also to have a gun. So um, she's breaking, so she's the breaking law. two laws. It, it sounds like she's breaking two laws. She's breaking the law for the mm-hmm. cannabis use because she's going to the black market. And mm-hmm. she's breaking the law because according to question 11E in the 4473 form, she would have to answer yes to that question. So now she's breaking the law at two levels. So she is liable at the state and federal level. But let's talk about the individual that has mm-hmm. a medical cannabis card legally in the state of Florida and already is in possession of a concealed weapon. Can they have their concealed weapon permit pulled because they have a medical cannabis card? And will they have to relinquish their firearms? What did you find about that? Uh, the answer that I found is actually kind of scary because I am a big fan of this. Um, the oh, there's so much information, Doctor Rosado. Uh, <laughs> the, the the answer is one: they will get arrested. Um, they are um, marijuana users are using a controlled substance um, are prohibited from owning a gun. So the the federal government can come take their guns, which is like horrific to the gun community. The gun community never wants to have their guns taken away from them, even if it's just like a bolt action rifle. They want to have that gun because it makes them feel good. I mean, it's like if you have a, a classy customizable car and uh, you have a cannabis license and someone comes and says, you know what, you can't own your car anymore. We're going to have to take it from you. Um, I'm pretty certain half of America would lose their mind. But because it's a gun, you know, it's not a warm and fuzzy puppy. So they're like, OK, whatever. Um, take take the gun. We don't care. Um, so, yes, they they can have they can have their they would they could um, lose their weapons if the ATF ever decides to raid their home. Um, which is kind right, of interesting. About, okay, I'm but sorry. that's the okay. Sorry, so that's the <laughs> ATF. If the ATF were to come, but for what re, what reason does an, a federal agent have to raid your home? What Having, what are the what are the grounds for an, an ATF agent to raid your home? Because according to state law and according to the commissioner of uh, Florida's uh, agricultural commissioner Nikki Freed. Who, by the way, has a concealed weapons uh, permit and also has a medical cannabis card. And she's promoted this from stage at multiple events and has even posted on social media herself with her two cards. So at the state level, Mm -hmm. it's legal. But you're saying that if a federal agent comes to your home, you can be liable. Now, 
Jeff Sessions, back when he was the Attorney General for the United States, was wanting to go into legal states and, you know, flex his muscles mm-hmm. and push his DOJ agenda. But if I'm in the state of Florida, I have a concealed weapons permit, I have a medical cannabis card because I have a medical condition that warrants that, and the person that oversees those departments in the state of Florida because she oversees the medical cannabis program as well as the concealed weapons permit, and we're legal in the state, how can someone federally come in and invade our rights? Go very for it. easily, very easily. Back in 1968, there was a gun control act, and this is going to go into why gun control doesn't work. And I know there's a liberal right now that's for gun control, literally screaming at the podcast screen, but that's okay because there's also a pro gun guy saying that a boy um, at the same time. So, uh, under the Gun Control Act of 1968, any unlawful user of a controlled substance is prohibited from purchasing or owning a gun. So, that goes back not like one year, that doesn't go back two years, that goes back like 50 years ish. Um, because marijuana is a Schedule One controlled substance under the federal law, the U.S. government maintains that. There is no way to use cannabis lawfully, so it's illegal. It's not. It's not. A, it's not. It's like speeding down the road. It's a forty mile an hour limit, but you're doing sixty. You're breaking the law. Uh, but again, what happens is uh, we have so many states and so many things that happen that we have people scream, "We need more gun control laws, more gun control laws." If they just enforce the laws that are already on the books, we wouldn't need more gun control laws. Uh, but that's another conversation for another day. Back in 1968, that is when the gavel was set down. Um, and I could, I could go off on a tangent on there, Dr. Rosado, but I don't want to because um, <laughs> I don't want hate, hate mail to start hitting your mailbox. I, I just don't want to go there. Um, so uh, what's interesting is the Form 4473 uh, requires that gun shops uh, for all transactions and transfers – are required to collect that data and they are prohibited from selling you a firearm based upon the responses to these questions. So the whole loophole of like, oh, you know, you can get a gun this way, that way, through an official authorized dealer that's been licensed with the ATF and uh, the state of Florida, they literally can't sell you a firearm. The only way you're going to get the firearm um, is by illegal purposes, by like getting it from someone that's selling it to you illegal again, breaking the law. So um, what's kind of interesting is most people in the gun community are by far the most law-abiding citizens. There's actually less crimes committed by a member that's a CCW holder than even by law enforcement. It's actually a a factual statistic. Um, So like we're, I'm part of the group that doesn't want to break the rules at all. Um, So either you're breaking the law by buying the gun illegally, or you're breaking the law by buying the cannabis illegally. Now, here in the state of Florida, now what if I get? Now, now you're talking about, but what? Let's say, um, I have a, um, I have a medical cannabis card, mm-hmm. and Christmas is coming up, and you heard me say, you know, I want to get into shooting. And you buy me, you buy a gun and give it to me as a Christmas present. Now, I didn't buy it. You gave it to me as a present. Technically, it's still a felony that you have that 
that in your possession. So your your medical career as a doctor has just been flushed down the toilet. Um, your, wait, wait, you, wait a minute. Now you're attacking my license? What do you mean? You, I'm, I can no uh, Because be it's a, a felony. It's a felony. Like you're, you're now a convicted criminal. It's not a misdemeanor. It is a straight up hardcore felony. And anytime you have the F word on your criminal file, <laughs> it, it's, it's not a good thing. So technically, um, is the is the um, uh, commissioner of agriculture right now possibly um, could go to jail with a felony? Yes. Could she be kicked out of office for that? Yes. Is that going to happen in the state of Florida? No, because we are gun-loving Americans, hardcore, deep down into our, our soul. From, I would say, like, you know, uh, the bottom of the state to the top of the state, outside of a few pockets, um, we are very much hardcore lovers of guns. Uh, so with, with that being said, like, it, can you get away with it? Uh, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Yeah. Do you want to get away with it? No, because if you're driving down the road with that handgun and the cop pulls you over, you're responsible for telling the cop or the police officer, I don't mean to sound derogatory, uh, that you are carrying. Um, because gosh forbid they search you. Um, because you're under the influence of, I don't know, cannabis, um, and they tell you to step out of the car. Now they're searching you and find on your person a firearm. So now you you got a double whammy. You have two felonies um, uh, because you're probably holding that firearm in your hand, which is illegal under federal law, felony number one. Um, you're driving under the influence. I, I think that might be a misdemeanor. But if uh, if they do find the first two things on your person, then they're going to search your car, uh, which is going to be felony number two for sure, because now you have uh, something in your car, like probably medical cannabis. Uh, yeah, but these police officers are not federal agents. They're state agents or local municipalities. They don't have the power to act at the federal level. So no, but they do have a, the uh, power to arrest you for breaking the law. Yes, but I'm not breaking state law. Um, it, it, it's, I I'm mean, not, it, I'm, not breaking, yeah, I'm not breaking state law because I, it's, state law says that I can have medical cannabis in my possession. I just can't be using it and driving. The law says that I cannot use medical cannabis and drive. But I can certainly have a medical cannabis card and drive, and I'm in my right in the state of Florida to have that card. I'm also in the right in the state of Florida to have a concealed weapons permit and have a concealed weapon because state of Florida law says I can do so. So a state agent or a local municipality cannot arrest me because I'm not breaking state law, and they cannot arrest me at the federal level because they don't have then that's out of their jurisdiction. Am I right or am I right? Uh, I, I, that's the thing. You, we're getting into a gray area. I mean, it's a huge loophole. And I, I know myself personally, um, I will never get a cannabis card uh, while I have my CCW. Uh, it just won't happen. I'll, I'll like, unfortunately I'm in a position right now uh, legally where I don't want to cross that threshold. Um, it, and, you know, there has been like a open letters from the ATF and there has been a woman in Nevada who refused a uh, firearm uh, to get a firearm because of her medical cannabis card. Um, it was dismissed in the U.S. District Court. The Ninth uh, Circuit Court of Appeals upheld the ruling in 2016. 
uh, finding the policies of the ATF didn't uh, actually violate her Second Amendment rights. I know there's probably a lot of Second Amendment constitutionalists like losing their minds because of that statement. Um, so like it, it's kind of a challenge because you can look at all these different states, and that's Nevada and Oklahoma, um, the 30th state to actually legalize uh, medical marijuana. Um, they're trying to reaffirm that medical marijuana patients should not be restricted from accessing guns. Uh, so it, it's a it's a big thing because even states know um, what what you just said isn't legal. Uh, what what you're basically hoping for, Doctor Rosado, is you have a police officer that's kind of like um, is not going to charge you with that crime. Because technically, the purpose of a police officer um, or any agent of uh, law enforcement is to uphold and uphold the law. I mean, it, it's uh, it's not just a state level law, but it's also federal laws, uh, which is like uh, why we call ourselves the United States of America. Now, to put that in a different perspective, let's say I have my beautiful Glock on my hip. I'm driving. <laughs> You you uh, really like that Glock, don't you? <laughs> uh, I mean, I, I I have I have other guns. I mean, uh, I but it's just I I'm I'm a I'm a fan of Glock. I mean, they just came out the Glock 48. It's a single. Um, all right, all right, all right. Uh, anyway, <laughs> so you you can I, if I were to go visit my sister who lives in Georgia, by the way, um, with my Glock on my hip and my little bag of happiness in my hand, which is let's say it's cannabis. Um, and I cross over state lines, now I'm not only breaking um, the law one time, I'm doing it at a federal level because I've crossed state lines. So I've, I've broken the law in Georgia, Florida, and the United States. So I have three hits against me if I were to get pulled over. Uh, and then that doesn't even take in consideration how I'm transporting uh, said items. If it's legal to transport it the way I just said, um, in both cases, can I actually have said happiness in my hand and can I have said item on my hip um, going from one state to the other? I might not even be able to do that. So, I mean, there's so much minutia when it comes to being a licensee. Um, well, it, people ask me that question all the time. You know, they, they, they'll, they'll ask me the question, okay, doc, can I take, you know, I'm on medical cannabis, can I go to... Um, Georgia and visit my family and take my medicine. And I always tell them, no, you can't because you're, you're crossing state line. And by crossing mm -hmm. state line, you're breaking federal law because now you're trafficking cannabis and that's illegal. Mm -hmm. So let's say someone has their medical cannabis card. They're taking their medication. They're not using it. They're taking their medication across state line and they have a weapon on their you know, they have a sidearm, what happens there to that individual? The exciting part is they get five years in federal prison. Woohoo! Um, You're uh, kidding, as, right? No, 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 I'm not kidding at all. Um, be, because, like, that is when you, when you fill out Form 4473, you're basically saying, hey, I observe and understand 11E on that question is something that I have to answer truthfully. Since I didn't answer truthfully, I'm actually... Uh, now lying. Uh, it, so it, it's 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 very very 
abstract. Um, there was actually two men in Maine um, that have been jailed on that charge, believe it or not, um, which is kind of uh, unfortunate. One of these men is a 50-year-old by the name of Richard, I can't pronounce his last name, I'm going to call him Richard Q of Augusta, Maine, was sentenced uh, back in March of March 25th, I think of this year, for an eight-month term of federal prison. Federal agents said um, Richard, a cannabis user, lied on the federal background check uh, form regarding his cannabis use. The other gentleman, Donald Henderson, I can say that name, is 33 years old, pleaded guilty uh, sometime last year on the same charge and uh, two additional charges related to the purchase of his guns for other people. So that goes back to the earlier question. Donald Henderson actually um, has other charges pending because I think he was trying to do that um, gun show loophole, but it kind of blew up in his face uh, because there is no gun show loophole. That's just a, a myth. Yeah, that was the other question. I'm glad you brought that up because I've heard and I've been told that if you purchase a weapon at a gun show, that you don't have to fill form 4473. Is that okay. true? That is not true. If you were to walk into a gun show, one, they're going to want you to take your firearm, unload it, put a safety device on it so it can't be shot. Um, then you go in and you have all the dealers there that have to follow the federal regulations. So you walk around um, and you, you cannot buy a gun in the gun show. Now, here's the catch. There are people that go to gun shows that walk around outside the front door with a little backpack on with like an AK-47 uh, style gun or like a bolt action rifle or a little handgun saying, hey, you know what? Um, I'm selling this myself personally. It's not inside the gun show. It's outside in the walkway area. And, and that's where people get confused because that's a personal sale. Uh, which doesn't fall under the gun show. You're not actually inside the gun show doing it. Um, and, and they're very strict about that because I go to gun shows on a regular basis and they won't even let you do the transaction in the, in the sidewalk. I mean, I've seen people have to actually leave the site um, to try to complete a transaction uh, because the officers that are there, the police officers just won't let it happen. Um, so it, it's, kind of, it's kind of enjoyable to have... Um, these people say, oh, you could do this, you can get away with this. No, you really can't. It, it, like, and I'm, I'm, I'm a guy that is in the gun community and you can't get away with it. I mean, if it's a private sale, well, that's not a gun show sale. That's a private sale from one citizen to another under the Second okay. Amendment to do that. Hold that. Anyway. Hold that thought because that's the next topic I want to address. Okay. A, a, a personal sale. So before we move on, Mm -hmm. To the break, uh, we've got two minutes to break. Let's go ahead and give um, our radio listeners our contact information. So, the email address, if you guys want to get a hold of me, it's info i n f o i n as in November s as in as in Frank o as in Oprah info at josephrosadomd.com. My website is josephrosadomd.com. And our phone number is, go for it, Ed. Oh, my gosh. I'm blanking <laughs> up. <laughs> I was thinking about gun control. I'm so sorry. Um, uh, gosh, I am I just don't even have that screen up in front of me, Dr. Rosado. I am <laughs> at a loss for words. 
josephrosatomd.com. It's right on the website. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Ed. <laughs> I'm blanking out today. It's uh, embarrassing. You're blanking out because you got your head on your Glock and wanting to go to the shooting range and uh, shoot up and shoot up some paper. It, it's it, it's yeah it's, it's something I enjoy doing. It's eight six six seven six three seventy nine ninety one. Again, that's eight six six seven six three seventy nine ninety one. Right on the top of the screen of josephrosatomd.com, you'll see Dr. Rosado's image. And right there is his telephone number. Dr. Rosado, my apologies. I was um, I, I was uh, just thinking about a few things about the ATF. So, But we'll talk more about that when we get so back. So when we, when we come back from the break, we'll talk about the ATF. We'll talk about private sales. And we'll continue to talk about medical cannabis and a concealed weapons permit in the United States, specifically the state of Florida. Talk to you guys soon. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com Dr. Joseph Rosado was the first medical professional to recommend medical cannabis treatment in the greater central Florida region. He has since become a sought-after medical cannabis expert in Florida and abroad. Learn his story and find out more about Dr. Rosado's book, Hope and Healing, The Case for Cannabis. Available at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and Kobo, as well as through the website josephrosatomd.com. You can also schedule an individual or group consulting session with Dr. Rosato. That's josephrosatomd.com. Are you finding your frequency? It can be described as that space between failure and success. It's the future of digital media. It's finding your voice. It's engaging topics, content, and ideas. Jeff and Ryan discuss the digital media space and all of its aspects. It's about making the mistakes, taking the chances, summoning the intestinal fortitude to step out of your comfort zone, and discovering what you can accomplish when you decide to try, decide to learn, decide that you have something to say, and find your frequency. Live Fridays at 12 noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time, on the Voice America Variety Channel. There are many innocent people who were found guilty of crimes that they did not commit. Join criminal defense investigator Jeff Stein for Is There Really Truth and Justice for All? Each show, we'll discuss the problem, and it is a problem. The fact that because of incompetent investigations and a poor judicial system, anybody can become a victim. Can we fix this? Tune in to find out. You can listen Wednesdays at 11 a.m. Eastern Time and 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. You're listening to Medicana Talk. To reach the program today, please call 1 866 472 5788. That's 1 866 472 5788. Or you can send an email to info at josephrosatomd.com. Now, back to Medicana Talk. All right. Welcome back. Uh, this is Dr. Joseph Rosato speaking to you live from 
Ormond Beach, Florida, beautiful Ormond Beach, Florida, uh, at my office, Coastal Wellness Centers, and I've got my psychic, Ed Pisani, gun lover, Glock lover. Ed, say hello back to the folk. Hello, everyone. Dr. Rosado's telephone number is 866-763-7991. Yes, because you gave it wrong the first half hour. Please repeat that. (laughs) I have it memorized now. 866-763-7991. I'm going to have that burned in my brain now for sure. Um. Well, the reason why Ed's a little forgetful today is because we're talking about a topic that's near and dear to his heart, which is... Uh, gun rights, carry permits, concealed weapons, firearms license in the state of Florida. And he's a multiple gun owner. Anyway, before we proceed with what we talked about, uh, how we ended the first half of the show regarding the ATF and private sales, I'd like to read a a little bit of uh, an excerpt here from an interview with Nikki Freed, who is Florida's agricultural commissioner. that she did at, uh, on the Marijuana Solution. And a week before being sworn in as uh, Florida's Agricultural Commissioner, uh, she appeared on the, medical, on the Marijuana Solution podcast. In the interview, uh, Commissioner Freed, now Commissioner Freed, stated that under Florida law, a person with a medical marijuana card could apply for and receive a concealed weapons and firearms license. Further, she said that those who already have one should not lose their CWFL or their concealed fire concealed weapons firearms license. Commissioner Freed stated that she reviewed all of the laws associated with concealed weapons permit and does not see where any law would not allow a person to have both a medical marijuana card and a CWFL. Additionally, Commissioner Freed disclosed that she, in fact, has both a concealed weapons uh, firearms license and and a medical marijuana card. Finally, Commissioner Freed said that under her leadership, the Department of Agriculture, quote, will not be taking anyone's concealed weapons permit or refusing to issue a CWFL, close quote. Due to the person possessing a medical marijuana card. Now, this is the person that is overseeing the CWFL permits as well as the medical cannabis program in the state of Florida in conjunction with the Florida Department of Health. Now, Ed, you've been stating that that Mm -hmm. information is incorrect. So, clarify it for those citizens in the state of Florida and those individuals that may be living in states or countries where, you know, they have concealed weapons laws. So talk to us. Okay. Um, Again, it just goes back to Form 4473 um, and the uh, Gun Control Act of 1968. Um, There was actually... What what, what do those say? Uh, they they basically, in no uncertain terms, uh, say that someone that is a cannabis or um, a substance user can actually have a firearm or um, have uh, rights that uh, the Second Amendment allow. 
um, in the Con- uh, Gun Control Act of 1968. Further, in uh, Form 4473, it requires you to tell the truth. Um, so, uh, again, like there, there's been times, and I'll bring up two, uh, two cases. Um, in Oregon, the Supreme Court okays medical marijuana and concealed carry. Um, the reason why that was is the sheriff's department, the local sheriff's department, tried to actually uphold the law of the Gun Control Act of 1968 as a justification for denying people the concealed carry permits um, if they already had a medical marijuana card. Um, The same law the ATF referenced uh, for the background check uh, regarding drug use. Um, The Supreme Court back in 2011 uh, sided the other way and the sheriff's department actually lost. Um, so, but what is noticeable in Oregon is even though, um, they're allowing it, that person with the, with the license to carry can't buy a new gun because it goes against, uh, the laws, um, the federal laws and form 4473. So they can't go to a federally licensed dealer to get one in that state or any state for that matter. Now let's talk about a private sale. Let's say (laughs) you, you have a weapon. I have a medical cannabis card, mm-hmm. and I want to get into shooting, and you say, hey, Joe, or Dr. Rosado, however you call me, I've got mm-hmm. a weapon for sale. Do you want to buy it? And I say, yes, I do. Mm-hmm. And I say, how much? And you say, it's a dollar. And I'm like, perfect. I got a dollar in my pocket. Here's a dollar. Mm-hmm. And thank you for the Glock, and I walk away. Mm-hmm. Now, I didn't have to fill Form 4473 because you sold it to me. We're two private citizens. We're under, you know, the law the saying that I could purchase a weapon from you. How about there? Talk to, talk to that. Uh, well, I, I can talk about it um, because uh, it, it's a private sale. Now, um it actually, in Hawaii, of all places, back in November 2017, they tried to uphold the federal law, and the Honolulu Police Department started demanding everyone to turn over their firearms, um, and within that 30-day time period of sending out the letter, they would be confiscated. So basically, what you're trying to do, that private sale, would have been demolished by uh, the letter uh, the uh, state of Hawaii put out or Honolulu put out. Um, I'm not sure which one actually did, but they stopped it in December of 2017 because a public outcry was so much that they just said, we're not going to pursue this. Um, So it's kind of interesting that, um, like, I I think as time goes along, people kind of see that uh, we're we're talking about something that is is what it is. And... uh, it, it is kind of a, a challenge because um, you have someone that is that is doing something like one, they want to have a item for self-defense purposes. Uh, the other one is they want to have an item for health purposes. And it, it becomes a little bit of an outcry. Um, and like, you know, that's why I kind of look at um, cannabis as being an assault, an assault uh, medicine. 
Wait a minute, wait a minute. What do you mean in assault medicine? What the hell are you saying? (laughs) Well, you you know, like we have, we have people running around in the, uh, in the community saying, you know, there's a assault firearms that they quote and they say people have to decide on assault firearms. And all it is, is a firearm. They just use an adjective for it. So I I figured it'd be kind of fun if we have an assault cannabis, Um, because then, you know, it would be. Uh, it would be putting apples to apples because, you know, people in the gun community and the cannabis community are kind of parallel to each other in a lot of ways. Um, we have had the federal government come in and um, limit our usage to how we can use it to find things on our behalf, like an automatic weapon. Um, I, I can't even legally own one. And to get one would cost me about $70,000 to get the license to begin with. Forget about getting the actual weapon. Man, how much? Uh, 70000 like seventy thousand, seven zero 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 zero. Yeah, more more than most people make in a given year on uh, minimum wage salary, uh, to actually have an automatic weapon. Uh, now, it, uh, it, it going back to my original point is like uh, we have a uh, something that's been considered a class one narcotic, which I think has been wrongly placed on that as well. Uh, when you put something into the hands of someone that's a legal citizen that follows and abide by the laws, there should be no reason that it it's held back from them. I look at like assault cannabis um, going against the First Amendment for the right of you know happiness and liberty to to live a happy life in our country. Um, having the uh, um, automatic weapon being out of the hands of a citizen goes against actually the Second Amendment. Uh, so I mean they're kind of parallel. Um, and, and quite honestly, I really hate people, and, as a, I said that earlier part as a joke, that use terms that don't even fit. An assault is an action. It, it's an action. It's not actually like you, cannabis can't assault anyone. It's impossible, Dr. Rosado. It's sitting in a bag or on a shelf in like a dispensary's office. It's not assaulting anyone. Like it's the individual that gets it that's going to do something illegal with it. Um, and even there, it's hard to say, how is that really going to be the case? I mean, like you literally have to smoke it and blow it in someone's face to have it um, be someone that doesn't want to have it. Um, and if so you it, do that, you're, that's called shotgunning. Mm-hmm. No pun intended. But that mm-hmm. is called shotgunning. And the person that just had that smoke blown in their face is now medicated. Yeah, and, and uh, again, that that's it, it's it's like you got responsible people and you got irresponsible people. But um, I think the laws really need to do is get away from having someone uh, become a victim of having to deal with inadequate uh, medications that are available to them, and having them being a victim for having not the proper force to respond to defend themselves with from either a person or a tyrannical government of some form. Um, and, and that's what the First and Second Amendment do um, as our citizens. We're born with those rights. We'll be a people fighting to get into our country legally and illegally to get those rights. Uh, because, you know, there's so many other countries that don't allow that. I mean, we had a couple shows ago where we had someone from say, from Canada. Um, they are not even allowed to freely camp on certain pieces of land legally. We, we just take that for granted that, you know, if, if me and you say, hey, let's go camping this weekend somewhere, um, as long as it's not someone's private property, we could just pop up a tent and it's all good to go. Um, and if we want to stay there for like 60 days, um, congratulations to us. 
uh, in other countries, you can't even do that. I mean, and that's just a form of the First Amendment of being able to um, have liberty to enjoy life. Um, yeah, but if I go, but if we go into a federal camp and I bring my medical cannabis and I choose to use it in the camp, I'm breaking the law because that is a fe- that's federal property and that's mm-hmm. a federal park, and I'm breaking the law. Correct. Yeah, you are. And again, and that's that's um, where the United States needs to make some corrections. And it comes down to common sense. And I, I think in a way, um, our agricultural commissioner is working from a place of common sense. I, I think like on the higher altitude, she gets it. And I think there's a lot of other places that kind of get it, um, that some of these laws are backwards and questionable in nature um, altogether. Uh, it, and it comes into like, uh, unfortunately, uh, where our country was 100 years ago or 50 years ago, we're not the same country now and we're always going to be evolving. That's what the Founding Fathers wanted us to do is say, hey, here's some core truths that are self-evident. Um, anything you do beyond that, uh, we kind of figured there's going to be like this something in the future like Google or Facebook that's going to um, cause new laws to be needed and like text messaging and like driving while texting. You, there's going to be laws that are going to be needed to like ensure everyone has a safe, happy life. I mean, um, and that's what the basic amendments do. And and that, that's kind of important because uh, I think as time goes along, some of these laws may be uh, repealed. Um, and I, I'm fairly conservative, moderate. Um, and I, I know like uh, there's all the progressive things, but I think the progressive thing to do right now is to repeal the Gun Control Act of 1968. If you're a true progressive liberal, you want to take that off the table so you allow people to uh, live freely and enjoy having uh, the right to choose if they do want to have a firearm and medical marijuana, they can so enjoy it. Or medicinal marijuana, um, they can so enjoy it. Or if they choose only want one or the other, they can enjoy it. Um, it, so some of these laws, like having marijuana be a type one narcotic, um, the true progressive liberal will want to remove that that stigma. Um, and and being a conservative, I'm actually in line because I want to do things that are um, for uh, the constitutional good of our country. Like I, I don't want to see the Second Amendment go away. I don't want to see the First Amendment go away. I don't want to see us not have freedom of press. I it, like I think those things are core to who we are as a country and as a civilization, as a society. Um, So, I I mean, I'm standing on the soapbox a little bit here, Dr. Rosado, but that's where I think uh, these two issues parallel each other. And really, if the gun community and the cannabis community kind of kumbaya and hugged it out, uh, we would have a very strong majority in our country to make uh, good changes and good improvements. yeah, seventy-two percent of the of the Florida population that voted in two thousand and sixteen voted with a resounding yes to decriminalize cannabis for the use of medicine. Presently, in the United States, the decriminalization of cannabis nationally is right at sixty-five seventy percent approval rating. So. You get 70, 65 to 70, let's split the difference and say 67.5% of the population in the United States is in favor of decriminalizing cannabis at a national level. How many NRA members are there? Or what percentage oh. of the U.S. supports the Second Amendment? 
Oh, there, there's a lot. I mean, the NRA, I, I'll look up the membership number now um, because uh, I'm not actually an NRA member because I'm not a joiner. I'll just put it out there. Um, <laughs> uh, it, it says by Google, um, nine U.S. presidents were NRA members. Uh, how many members of NRA? Or it literally, that's uh, what it says, which is kind of unusual. Um, thank you, Google, for oh, uh, approximately 5.5 million members. Um, that are actively on the books. Again, I'm not one of them. I, I just chose not to be part of the NRA. I'm part of other gun community groups. And back when I was a kid, I was a junior NRA member. I just, uh, my dad is an NRA member. I am, I am not. Wait, five, okay, um, but 5.5 million mm-hmm. members. There are 22 million people in the state of Florida. So that's a fourth of the population in the state of Florida. Mm-hmm. Do they really have that strong of a voice to be able to support the the you know the repealing of the gun law from 1968 uh, again what it comes down to is there's a there's a lot of silent majority people like myself that are just kind of casual like i i believe in the constitution of the united states i don't need to have every membership card of every group to to be so so i, I think there's a there's a larger number than that um uh, and again, it's a controversial issue because we have all these mass shootings and we have all these idiots running around uh, doing illegal things uh, where it's not they it's not a mental, popular. Yeah but, they have, yeah, but they have mental conditions. They have mm-hmm. proof of mental conditions because after the fact, we discover that they are on psychiatric medications or have been seeing psychiatrists or are um, veterans with post-traumatic stress disorder that have severe uh, mental challenges and the VA has not managed them correctly and or properly. And so can, how is it that these people can have and purchase a a firearm with known medical issues diagnosed that way, but yet someone that has a medical cannabis card that is, they're taking medicine to avoid these antidepressant medications, anti-anxiety medications, and pain medications that have thousands of side effects, they're breaking the law, but someone that has mental issues and is on antidepressants, anti-anxiety, antipsychotics, they're okay to, to have a, a weapon. Explain that to me. And again, what it comes down to is like when you dig in a little bit deeper, you'll notice each one of these cases, um, someone had the access to go into someone's gun safe that uh, wasn't their gun safe, it was someone else's gun safe, maybe a parent or a relative, and take that person's gun and use it. Um, it very few times you see someone legally buying a gun to do what they're doing. They're actually somehow getting a hold of someone else's, um, which is which is a sad truth. I mean, um, but it, it's... It's unfortunate, like, but I mean, there's a, that's what happened in one of the mass shootings. Like the son went into the mom's gun safe. I think I I can't remember which one it was and pulled it out and used it. Um, And very rarely one, um, they were stockpiling for a while. um, Their, their guns, Uh, the, the one um, here in Orlando. Yeah. He was a, a, a person of interest by uh, the federal government for possibly doing something that was radical. Um, and that's where, again, the government failed to to take action and kind of address it early on. 
Um, so he he did what he did. Um, as, I mean, there's there's so many different incidences where, like, uh, again, it, it comes down to responsibility. Um, it, and, you know, if you're a responsible gun owner, you have it on your person, you, other people can't get their hands on it. If you have it locked up and you hold on to the keys, I mean, I have my gun safe key in my pocket. My wife can't get a hold of it. My daughter can't get a hold of it. If there's a handyman in my house, he can't get a hold of it. It's literally a lockbox. There's no way to get a hold of it. I will have to become incapacitated for you to get my key off of me. All right. Um, so in the next four minutes before we end the show, which has been extremely controversial, I'm seeing all these messages coming through saying, <laughs> you know, yeah, Dr. Rosado and boo Dr. Rosado. <laughs> so, so I'm getting today. I it, it's love hate today. It's a love hate day. It's it, there's no in between. There's no gray area like the law because you've mm-hmm. stated that the law really is gray as far as the carrying and so forth. So what are the takeaway points in the next three minutes? What are the takeaway points that our listeners need to have regarding cannabis? and concealed weapon permit in Florida, the United States, the world. Go for it. Don't break the law. Like, I mean, I can't say it any less than that. You know, just don't break the law. Follow the law of the land. Do your research. Do your due diligence. It's the same as buying a business. You just don't buy a business. You research it. You dig into the fundamentals. You, want, you know what you're going to get into before you get into it. Do the same thing wherever you're at, whatever state you're at, um, whatever country you're in. You want to really dig in and know before you do anything uh, what's legal, what's illegal, um, what risks apply to doing whatever you're going to do next, if it's with a firearm or if it's with cannabis or marijuana. Um, you want to know way at a time. And I would even recommend go ahead and have an attorney and retainer um, because if you pick up a gun or you pick up cannabis, you want to have someone on your side that's going to fight for you when you're sitting in jail. That that's first phone perfect. call. That's excellent yeah. advice. Make sure for those of you that because we're not – you know, we're not promoting one thing or another. This is just general information. So general information, general knowledge for you guys to make intelligent decisions, informed decisions. So the informed decision is be aware of the law in your state, your country, regarding the use of medical cannabis, having a medical cannabis card, and having a permit to carry a concealed weapon or having a a, a weapon. So, again, as we end the next 30 seconds, the way to get a hold of me is info at josephrosadomd.com. That's info at josephrosadomd.com. And fo- the phone number, Ed, is 866 763 7991. Thank you very much for joining us today <laughs> on Medicana Talk, sponsored by <laughs> Cannabidiol Life. And we look forward to speaking with you next week. Have an awesome week. Thank you, people. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of Medicana Talk. Please join Dr. Joe Rosado for another edition of our program next Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time and 12 noon Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. If you'd like to learn more about medical cannabis, we invite you to go to Amazon.com to purchase Dr. Rosado's book, Hope and Healing, The Case for Cannabis. Have a great week.